0: much, Emmanuel, for that lovely reading this uh, uh, afternoon now. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Let us pray. Lord, through the written word and the spoken word, may we hear the voice of the living word, your Son, Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Well, today is Education Sunday, and when I looked at the lectionary reading for today, I was tempted to abandon, to ditch the gospel passage for something suitable because it is a difficult passage to relate to Education Sunday. But I resisted the temptation, the nagging temptation from the devil, and I prayed one of Jesus' shortest prayers, and I think we all need to learn that prayer. Get thee behind me, Satan. I pray that prayer, and now I'm here to speak on that topic on Execution Sunday. And so here we are with the help of the Holy Spirit. Let's hear what Matthew chapter 18 verse 15 has to say to us as I speak on the title, Don't Let It Fester. The story is told of a couple who had misunderstandings and it festered for days. They were not talking to one another. And one day the husband came home, and he picked up one of the sticky note pads, the fluorescent ones, and left a note for the wife saying, please wake me up at six o'clock in the morning. I have got a flight to catch. And he went to bed. Two hours later, he was snoring his head off. And then the wife found the note, read it, and went to bed, got up at 6 a.m. in the morning, And she picked up the sticky note part and then she wrote a message there and just stuck it just next to his side of the bed. And the note read, Wake up. It's 6 a.m. in the morning. He missed his flight, obviously. But you see the reason around that uh, uh, story there. When misunderstanding and discord fester in the home, when it fester in the church, in the community, it can have a huge effect on people. But unfortunately, since the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, humanity has been prone to discord. When Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, the major consequence of that fall was they started pointing finger at each other. No, it's not me, it's her. No, it's not her, it's him. They started pointing fingers at each other. And from this dysfunction came every other relational dysfunction. Today we see in our world brother fight against brother. Sister fight against sisters. Neighbor fight against neighbor. Ethnic group against ethnic group. Nations against nation. All over house we see this. Clearly we still struggle with discord today. Growing up in Sierra Leone with my six brothers and one sister, We fell out on almost everything. It's called sibling rivalry. I know you don't have that in your families, but we have that a lot in our families. Our dad, who was a regimentally minded man, would always say to us, don't come to me crying, Lansford. Stand up for yourself and fight. Ah! But our mom of blessed memory, she would always say, if it is possible, as long as it depends on you, be at peace with everyone. Word she borrowed from Romans chapter 12, verse 18. Discord, as we see, is part of our families. It is part of our marriages. It is part of our friendship, part of our workplace, the church, the nation. It comes with the fallen nature of humanity. And so how should we pursue reconciliation in the community? The Theologian Warren's will be... It's of the opinion that this hypothetical question is what Jesus, the greatest teacher, the teacher of all teachers, is going to answer for us today on this Education Sunday. So what's the context for this teaching on reconciliation? What's going on in this passage that Emmanuel read for us so beautifully? In the early verses of Matthew chapter 18... We're told that the disciples, they themselves, had had a fallout among themselves, arguing about who was the greatest among them. Perhaps this time Jesus was uh, in Capernaum, in the house of Peter, with a little child probably next to him. So they came to Jesus and said, settle this matter. They came to Jesus and asked, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And You know what he said? He looked at them all and he said to them, whoever takes the lowly position. The lowly position of this child is the greatest. As always, humility took the top spot. Not those who fight and climb to be on top, but those who humble themselves before God, Jesus said. And as Jesus spoke about that, he went on to talk about the the lost sheep, highlighting the sacrifice you and I we must make for those who have lost their faith I lost the faith on this journey. Following from that, he went on to verse 15, where he managed started the reading. And he talked about the sacrifice again we are to make to maintain harmony and peace in our relationships. And using a sticker notepad is definitely not one of them. He said, if your brother, if your brother or your sister sin against you or offends you, You go and point out their faults just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. Listen here, it must be a private dialogue, one-to-one, not on Facebook, not on Twitter, not to go around and do a little bit of gossip, you know, you see what they have done to me. No, not to internalize it and let it brew and let it brew and then the anger is in there. Jesus said, no, we don't want all of that. He said, rather, go, go. Talk about it one to one. When we think about this, it's not just an easy thing to do. It sounds easy, but it's not. Some of us, we struggle with little talks. We struggle with confronting someone with their faults. But what we must remember here is Jesus is teaching about the principles of the kingdom. We are members of this kingdom and we must understand how this kingdom works. And so Jesus is teaching about the principles of the kingdom here. He's talking about a brother, he's talking about a sister, he's talking about someone you were close to before. This misunderstanding is coming. Dispute is coming. And now that is not there. And he wants us, the harmony, to come back together. So this is a brother. This is a sister that is telling us to reach out to. The sole purpose of doing this is not to go there and to tell the person off. To go there and say, I'm going to go put them in their place. Or as some people will say, suddenly when I come from, I'm going to go deal with him. To go deal with that. No, that's not what Jesus is talking about here. Jesus is talking about to go and to win that person in love. In this topsy-turvy kingdom of Jesus Christ, the offended is the one who goes to seek harmony. Is the one who goes to seek reconciliation with the offender. You see, this is exactly what God did for us. The human race. When we sinned against him in the Garden of Eden... He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to come and to rescue us, to reconcile us back to him. He did not wait for us, the offenders, to come to him. He sent his son, he, the offended, sent his son to come to us. He's left his mighty home in glory to bring to us redemption story. Yet he died and he rose again just for you and me, all because he loves us so much and his love would not let us go. He wants us to be part of his family. And in that popular Old Testament story of Joseph the dreamer, we saw how Joseph went through betrayal, how he went through slavery, temptation, imprisonment, and plenty of injustice. You can count the injustices around Joseph. Yet when he met his brothers... When he met his brothers who maliciously dropped him into that situation, he did not let the anger fester. He did not. He took the first step. He approached his brothers. He reached out to them and reconciled with them. And as we celebrate Promotion Sunday today, Joseph's story is also a perfect example. A perfect example for us to see that God is a lifter of the righteous. Through God's divine grace, Joseph was promoted from the prison right into the palace to become the prime minister of Egypt, where he was supposed to be a slave. The psalmist in Psalm 75 verse 6 informs us that promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west, nor from the north, from the south. But promotion comes from above. And so today, we celebrate, we give thanks for our young people who have been promoted in their spiritual journey, but also in their academic pursuits. Let us be reminded, each and every one of us here, let us be reminded that God is the lifter of the righteous, and he will promote all us to higher heights in Jesus Christ unto a level where the Holy Spirit will help us to follow Jesus' step-by-step guide on how we are to maintain harmony in the community of faith. And the first step this morning is a one-to-one dialogue in love. It is a wonderful first step. Imagine if we all did that faithfully. What a difference that one thing would make in our relationships but of course, this won't be, always be, be the case. It won't always work. The person who hurt us won't always listen to us, of course. But if this happens, Jesus says, now go to the next step. If one-to-one doesn't work, the next step is mediation. Seek help. Look for a mediator. Respected godly people within the community of faith who could help. Perhaps the elders of the church. Perhaps a trusted brother or sister who will be impartial can come in. The understanding here that Jesus is portraying to these people that he was teaching is that we are to continue to look, look for ways to bring about reconciliation, to seek ways of how we can bring together where tension is so that healing can come back to the community. We do have the United Nations flag right here in front of us. Every Sunday we reflect on it, we look at it, and we pray for peace. Well, within the United Nations, they have got a body called the Security Council. And the Security Council, one of their job is to mediate between countries in conflicts. That's their job. They do that to try and bring peace. Mediation is key to remedy for disputes. But for us, between us and God, You have come to God this morning. For us, between us and God, we do have a mediator who sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, seeking and making intercessions for all of us this morning. In his letter to Timothy, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, the apostle Paul said these words. He said, for there is one God and one mediator between God and man, and that's the man Jesus. He is our advocate. He is our helper. And that is comforting to know. To know that when we make a mess, when we don't do things right, when we fall short, we do have an advocate who is there to advocate on our behalf. And so in the midst of misunderstanding with one another, when private dialogue fails, seek help. However, if reconciliation still proved elusive, Jesus advised that the matter can be brought before the whole church. Not to name and shame the person, not to make someone feel humiliated, not to put that person down, not to point finger on them, but the matter can be brought to the whole church uh, so that all the wisdom, all the experiences, all the gifts, all the expertise, all the talents that are within the wider congregation can be released to bring about peace and restoration. That's wonderful. Absolutely brilliant. It can be brought to the congregation. This morning I said to those online that the matter can be brought to the superintendent minister, the Reverend Tony Maas. And if he deals with all the matters that are going on here, he'll have no time to write a sermon. But the matter can be brought so that we all can see what we can do. And this is a very, very generous process it's a gift to the church because jesus was talking about a system in place that will prevent anyone to be excommunicated from the community of believers it is a very generous alternative to the jewish mosaic law of an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth so instead of revenge jesus offers us reconciliation he offers us restoration all this so that where there are disputes They would not fester and disrupt the flow of the Spirit. And so I see here that this ultimate step emphasizes that restoring peace, harmony, and unity in the community of believers is a collective responsibility. It's something for all of us. It's our responsibility to pray for the church, to pray for one another. To pray for our brothers and our sisters. This is the debt that we owe to each other. To love one another so deeply that we take time out to pray for one another. It is the debt that will never be paid off. In our Romans passage read for us by Dick and Alley, it said in verse 18. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt of love for one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. By loving one another, we fulfill the law of God. Think about the great commandment that Jesus gave us. He said it is to love God with all our hearts but also to love our brothers and our sisters. You look at the Ten Commandments. The first five of the commandments is all talking about our relationship with God. And the second five of the commandments is all talking about our relationships with one another. And both relationships are very important. St. Augustine's one pointed out, he said, Our hearts are restless. They won't find rest in God until we find rest in God. If our relationship with God is not healthy, he said, all of our relationships will suffer. In the news this week, we are reminded of the 9-11 bombings in the United States of America, which took so many lives, so many innocent lives. The world will be a better place, a better place if we are able to settle our differences quickly, because when Differences festers, the effect can be devastating. There is nothing more important to God than our healthy relationship with Him and with one another. So, as I conclude this morning, as I know time is fast spent and we are all sweating and I am sweating as well, I can't wait to get out of this suit when I get into my office and switch the fan on so I can cool down because it's very hot in here. Let us all go and tend and nurture. Both of these relationships, the one with God and the one with one another, perhaps you are here, you've taken a back step with God. Your relationship with God is not as it used to be, and you want to improve on that relationship. As you hear me today, as you listen to this word, perhaps this is a time for you to make that relationship with God a healthy one but also that relationship with your brother and your sister that is not as healthy as it used to be to make it a healthy one in the knowledge of what Jesus is talking to us today from Matthew chapter 18. Let us tend to these relationships, knowing that in the words of Charles Wesley, if our fellowship below in Christ yet be so sweet, what height of rapture shall we know When around the throne we meet, where there will be no dispute, where there will be no conflict, where there will be no parting. As we hear these divine words from our Lord Jesus Christ, let us go and be channels of peace. And as my late mother would always say, where it is possible, as long as it depends on you, be at peace. Be at peace with everyone. And the peace of the Lord be always with you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.